This is Alex Massa, and you're listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Bob Nolly. Yes, they are. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, you have found your way back, and I am so glad you have. Welcome to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. How is everyone? As we turn the page from summer to the fall, of course, those of you that are listening months later, that won't make any sense at all, but to Sam and me, it makes great sense. We have a special guest today, and I'm turning the lens of Labrador leadership today on the entrepreneurial vein, and we've talked to lots of folks that have great takes and thoughts on leadership, and there has never been a greater time to be an entrepreneur than right now. And it's really important from my perspective, and I hope it's important from yours, to take a look at at great entrepreneurs and the story they've been on and how they got there. Today, today I met this gentleman at the local One Million Cups chapter. He gave a great presentation on uh, an initiative he has underway called Cycle, and that's not Cycle with an L-E. And those of you that are in the RVA, you know, at this time now, you know, Cycle means something else because we have a huge bike race coming to town. But this has to do with something each one of us, I hope, has to deal with every day, and that's our laundry. But our guest today is determined to make a huge difference in the lives of people by setting an example. And he hails from a place close by that I've done a lot of business in before, Lynchburg, Virginia. Samuel Anderson, welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you, Bob. Doing fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing well. You know, your your story is such a great one. I mean, you you met your partner in cycle at, at Longwood, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. But when you were at Longwood, you realized, you know, this may not be the path for me. And, and you left to start to start building your businesses at that point. When you made that decision to leave, was, was that a tough one? Not in the least. Um, you know, it was something that just tugged at me. I was majoring in business. Deep down, I always knew that I wanted to be a business owner. And the things I was learning in the classroom setting just were not equalizing what I would want to do for the rest of my life. Um, nowadays, there are a lot of universities that are doing entrepreneurial classes and teaching those skill sets. Uh, but when I was attending university, that wasn't in anybody's forefront. Um, so I just knew that it was a move I had to make. And, you know, on the outside to everybody else, it appeared that, you know, I was a failure. I quit and I, I moved on. But even though I didn't have a strategic plan then, I just knew I was doing the right thing. Did you have a support team around you? Was there family and friends that, that kept whispering in your ear that this is the right thing to do? Keep chasing it. Absolutely not. <laughs> see, see, you're my hero already. <laughs> my parents were freaked out, um, and and rightfully so. You know, like I said, I didn't have a plan. Um, you know, no job perspectives on, on the horizon. Um, but there was just something in me that said I'm doing the right thing for myself. So I easily could have turned around and moved back in with my parents, but. I told myself, you know, what would I do if I lived in California and my parents were on the other side of the country? I'd just have to figure out a way to make it work. So my first apartment coming out of college, I lived in an insurance building. 
which is funny enough, this gentleman <laughs> owned an insurance company and he had four spare rooms in his insurance uh, building. And he rented the rooms out. I think I was paying two fifty or three hundred bucks a week, something like that. And I could literally sit on my bed and have my toe touching the kitchen at the same time. Oh. Like it may have been five hundred square feet. It was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but I took a lot of crappy jobs. And uh, yeah, I heard a speaker say the other day. He said, "If you want to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life, do something that you hate." And yeah, that's that'll exactly, drive you in the right direction, no doubt. Oh yeah, like those moments I worked. I did factory work. I worked as a waiter. Uh, I was a painter at one point, um, just so many odd jobs. And it was in those moments that I was working hours on end, just thinking, you know, what is it that I want to do uh, that's larger than what I'm doing at this time? So even, even those that, of us in the corporate world, you know, that at, at some point have the feeling this place isn't for me. The, the ability to make that pivot and get out, to, you know, make the choice, as we say here, choose up, choose often. To make, exactly. the, to make the change is just a key to pushing ourselves forward. You started with an organization that I'm very proud of in, in Richmond and nationwide, of course, the Boys and Girls Clubs of Richmond, and you've done some work with them. Absolutely. Yeah, and coming out of the gate, that was my one of my first jobs as well, and <laughs> didn't really pay the bills. That was the time in my life where I was eating a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I was ordering Little Caesars pizza and those $5 specials and hoping it would last me three days to get by. Um, I had to pull spare change out the floor of my car to just find enough cash to be able to put a few bucks in the gas tank to get here and there. Uh, but that, that organization really gave me a start. I knew at that time, I didn't know what business I wanted to start up, but I said, you know, in the meantime, while I'm figuring this piece out, I want to do something that's going to affect the lives of others. I don't want to just get a paycheck. So, and, and that organization, being there, just being present there, gives you a chance to be, if not a mentor, at least an inspiration to absolutely. lots of kids that need that and more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I ended up staying in the field way longer than I anticipated. So I went from the Boys and Girls Club to being a mental health um, worker in the field, work with autistic children, at-risk youth, families, people dealing with drug addictions, all those things. And being without a degree, I really wasn't supposed to be in that field. But every time the state changed the laws and the requirements, I had one more year of experience under my belt, and they couldn't kick me out quite yet. That's what so it I'm, takes. That's it. Yeah. There it and is. I, I knew from the start, like, going in without the degree, whatever I did, I would have to absolutely work my tail off way harder than the next guy. There were people coming in with master's degrees that I knew I could run circles around, and I always had to make sure – that I branded myself that way, that people always knew no matter what the qualifications were, if I don't know how to do the job, I'll figure it out and I'll do it better than anybody else. You know, I, this is a question I usually uh, hold to the end, but since you've raised it right here, I think the now's a great point. You know, I think one key to success today in small organizations, whether they be, uh, you know, small businesses of the corporate ilk or, or entrepreneurships, you know, being able to work with people as someone that has been around the block, knows the business, gotten results and produced, having to work with somebody that just is bringing their NBA to the organization and saying, here I am, you know, that's, that's, it's not really a puzzle you have to solve, but being able to engage in that kind of relationships and make each other better is really going to be a key to success for whatever initiative you're in. Absolutely. So, so what would your advice be, having been one of those people that are self-made and self-started to an MBA that came into your group right now, what would be your advice to them? 
Well, the best thing I can do is hire people that are smarter than me. So I look for people with the MBAs. <laughs> wow, that is great. Well done. Yeah. But I mean, it really boils down, you know, hustle's a word that's drastically overused, but it's something that's in the forefront of my mind every single day. Like, you know, often people are coming to me that are close and in my inner circle telling me, you know, Sam, you need to take time for yourself. You need to take vacation, all these sorts of things. Well, A, I'm on vacation every single day of my life because I'm doing exactly what I want to do. There isn't a day that I'm not happy about the direction I'm going in my life. Um, and B, direction or vacations are really for people who aren't happy with the situation they're in. <laughs> because they need the break. Exactly. Exactly. Now I understand like, yeah, absolutely. Even if you love what you do, like there are times that you need to unplug every now and then I'll, I'll take myself away for a day. But as a business owner, like your business is always in the forefront of your mind. You know, if I'm in a movie, I'm thinking about an email I need to send out or, um, our projections for the next month, something, um, maybe making notes in my, in my cell phone, that sort of thing. But you know, the word hustle is always, in my forefront. You always have to keep going and doing something. The only person I'm in competition with is the person I was yesterday. I'm not paying attention to what my competitors are doing on a daily basis. Um, I just know that if I'm working harder than I was yesterday, I'll eventually make it. Well said. Uh, where was Sam Anderson here? Uh, I wanted, The first thing I mentioned was I met you at, at One Million Cups through, the, uh, through this one business you have going now called Cycle. Yes. How did you get attracted to that, and what was uh, what provided the spark in your mind to pursue that here in Richmond? Yeah, well, my business partner for that, uh, Jeremy DeMeo, he's had a similar business in the Charlottesville area for about the last six years called Ohana Laundry. And over the last couple of years, I, I'm real big on social media. Uh, that's one of the things that one of my companies does. And he'd seen the drive and the, the content and things I was putting out there. And he had had thoughts of expanding to the Richmond area. So we joked about it for about a year, um, saying that, you know, we would team up and, and bring this business model to the Richmond area. And, you know, after a while, the conversation just started to get a little bit more serious. So I said, OK, let, let me dig into this a little bit. So I went to his facility in Charlottesville, checked out the operation, did my homework, learned that the margins are extremely um extremely high in a business like that. There's a reason why dry cleaning and laundry services are some of the most lucrative businesses you can get into. So after I did my research and um, looked at the market here in Richmond, I decided, you know, this is absolutely something that can take off here in the Richmond area. Um, so from there, it's starting a business really isn't as complicated as people think. Um, I mean, for the most part, you're ultimately just slapping up a website and throwing out your information. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Don't, you're going to disillusion everybody. Don't say <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot more to it than that. But the key with that is, is simply starting. Too many people are thinking, oh, well, I need $20,000. I need to have this awesome business plan. I need to make the right connections. I have to find the location. We didn't have any of that stuff when we first started. We just made a decision that we were going to do it, and we moved forward from there. And it's hard to explain unless you're doing it, but the universe just has a way of moving out your way when you're determined to get something done. And the chips just start to fall in place, and we've been moving forward ever since. Yeah, I love that. Now, here, here's what the business says. Cycle comes to your home and picks up your dirty laundry and washes it, launders it, folds it, and returns it to you. 
So now if you're a busy person and we all think we are, and some of us really are, how attractive is that? Really darn attractive from my perspective. And I'm not pitching them here, but I just think the need is right there. And you all have, have overcome, you know, some of those reflex objections, like perhaps there are ladies that are listening going, I, I don't want other people handling my dainty little things. <laughs> or uh, there are people that are concerned about it. No, the wear and tear would just be horrendous in big industrial machines. I, I My clothes, you know, I, I can't afford to keep buying new threads. Uh, but you all have addressed all of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, the thing is, the core of the company, yes, we service people's laundry, but that's not the core of what it is that we do. What Cycle really does is that we sell people their time back. Through our research, we found that most American households are spending up to 25 hours in a month just doing laundry. So by outsourcing something as mundane and repetitive as, as this daily task, um, you've recouped a full day each month. You know, And as an individual, think about what you can do with another full day each month. You know, As a father, um, you know, how much more time would you be able to spend with your kids as a businessman? What would you be able to accomplish? Um, and, and one thing too, is that we don't use these huge industrial machines. Each one of our customers laundry is washed separately from any other customer. Um, so of course families, all their laundry is put together, but no customer's laundry is ever mixed with, uh, another customer from another side of town. So the machines we use are actually about the same. They're a little bit bigger, but about the same size as what you'd see in a traditional home. Uh, but the organic washing is, has been a big thing for us. People are real uh, eco-friendly these days, and that's very important to many people. And we want to do our, our part to help the environment as well. So that's been one of the main models that we focused on with this business. And the first start of it, when your partner started one in Charlottesville, of course, the University of Virginia is there. And the student market, I would think, would be huge for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, my, my hat's off to you, certainly, for cracking the residential market, I'll just call it, or the yeah. straight retail market uh, here in Richmond. Oh, definitely. And the schools, we're still on a big push for the schools. We've, we've had a lot of response from the student body at uh, the University of Richmond, uh, VCU. We're also uh, working with Virginia State University. Um, and, and for the students, uh, it's up to 140 hours in an academic year that students can be spending doing laundry. Now, I can remember back to Longwood days when I was doing laundry. It, <laughs> I mean, we're up in the dorm room playing beer pong, and then we run downstairs <laughs> to throw our stuff in the dryer real quick. Uh, we must have been you, in the same house for some time. I, it was just <laughs> like that. But you even think about a safety um, perspective, you know, as a father or mother, you know, thinking that most most college students aren't doing laundry at the traditional time, like 1030 in the morning on a Saturday or something like that. You know, they're doing just what I did. They're running downstairs at one o'clock in the morning and throwing some stuff in the washer dryer. And a lot of these facilities don't have cameras. And, you know, with the safety issues that have taken place on certain universities, you know, it's just one less thing that a parent has to worry about for their student. Uh, Sam Anderson of Cycle and Anderson Consulting with us on Labrador Leadership. You've also engaged in some uh, more fun projects, I guess, at least on the surface, including bubble soccer. Absolutely. Okay, so <laughs> bubble soccer, I'm just going to guess, is those inflatable kind of plastic tubes that you can actually zip yourself into? That's it. That's it. Uh -huh. so you actually, it's not the one that fully encompasses your entire body. You put the uh, bubble suit on and it goes from above your head to down to about your thigh. Um, so that allows our customers to play full contact sports and full contact soccer. Uh, but it's an absolute blast. If you haven't seen it before, you can go check out our website at richmondbubblesoccer.com. We have a video right there on the homepage. 
But it's absolutely hilarious. I mean, people are bouncing, flying, flipping all over the place. And it's absolutely awesome because you're fully protected by this bubble. So we haven't had an injury yet. And we've, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary in business. So uh, it's been a blast, man. <laughs> and that's been a huge success, too. Way to go. And I'm looking at it now. When I'll link this up in the show notes for everyone. This just looks so great. Oh, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Uh, and you also, uh, you know, gosh, on your, on your page, your about me page, you have a great photograph of yourself where you're all buttoned up and you <laughs> look truly the role of the leader of Anderson consulting. How's the consulting business going for you? What is your ideal customer like? Well, surprisingly enough. So let me, if I can real quick, let me give you a little background story on Anderson consulting. So I quit my full-time job as a project manager, probably about six months ago. So at this time I still had I had Cycle and I had Richmond Bubble Soccer. Things were getting so crazy that there was no way I could sacrifice 40 hours a week to someone else. So I went to the CEO of the company, let him know, you know, I just have to move forward and do this for myself. So I was the actual, I was actually the only project manager at that agency. So since I had my hands in a lot of things, they weren't quite ready to let me go as of yet. So I simply formulated Anderson Consultant just to provide them with project management-based services. And the way we structured the deal, I was ultimately making about the same amount I would be making working 40 hours a week. Well but done, I would sir. Able, well done. Yeah. But I'd be able to work remotely and I'd be able to gain my time back. So after a month or so, um, the CEO was, wasn't quite doing some things that I agreed with. We weren't agreeing on certain things in the terms of our agreement. Um, so I decided it was best for us to part ways. And from there, I decided, you know what? I don't like doing project management-based work. You know, I'm going to do something else. <laughs> um, so I was talking to one of my mentors and he told me, you know what, Sam, one of the most valuable assets you have is your network. You've spent a great amount of time building the right team around you. You know a lot of people in the right fields. You need to harness that somehow. So I looked at that and I said, OK, what can we do with Anderson Consultant? So initially I branded myself as Richmond's only business curator. Sounds real fancy, doesn't it? It sounds great, yeah. <laughs> so what that ultimately means is that what we do is meet with clientele on the front end and connect them with the appropriate professionals and organizations on the back end. So that could be anything from lawn care service to videography to website design to financial advisors, you name it. It's kind of a, a local Angie's list with a personal touch. But we've ended up doing a lot more than that. Um, so some of the main services we provide, we do corporate headshots for companies, uh, I have professional journalists on staff, so they'll write uh, biographies. We do website design, uh, anything as small as starting at um, 500 bucks for for a standard website, which for most startup organizations and entrepreneurs, it is extremely hard to get started and you don't have the money to invest in a $10,000 website. So we want to construct something where someone just getting started in business would have the resources that they need. Uh, we also handle social media platforms for companies or so we'll run their social, uh, their Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those uh, platforms for them. Everyone realizes how important social media is, but not everyone has the time to do these things. So there's a common denominator between all of my organizations is that ultimately what I'm trying to do is save people time. Uh, time is way more valuable today than it used to be. You know, you think, Bob, you think yourself, 10 years ago, if you got an email, I can guarantee you, you read that thing from top to bottom. You probably thought you were the most important person in the world. That's right. right? Two or three times. Look at this. I got this yeah. message out. Absolutely. Exactly. And nowadays with iPhones, like some people don't get past the subject line before they delete a message. It's because their time's way more valuable. 
Um, and that's ultimately what I want to do for uh, the other professionals that I work with and the clients is that I want to make it a seamless transition where they're not spending as much time to provide their service or receive a service that they traditionally would have. Well, that's just excellent. You know, we talked about starting up the startup hurdles for entrepreneurs and the things they, they could think of. Oh, my gosh, I've got to earn, make $10,000. Oh, I've got to get a website. I've got to yeah. find space and all of that. The crisis of confidence that lots of people allow that to generate just facing those things is the only barrier that they can never really get across. But what you are doing now to help folks see over the top of the wall and go, oh, yeah, there's the path. I can I can get going this way. That's that's a great service, and I, I know it'll, it'll be top notch. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, folks that are looking out to find you somewhere, where can they hook up with you? Uh, well, actually, one of one of the best sites to find me on it's a component of Anderson Consultant, uh, but I branded myself as Mister Preneur. Uh, and that's spelled P-R-E-N-E-U-R. Okay. So I constructed a site called mrpreneur.org. So there people can see all of the organizations that I'm affiliated with. Uh, it's more the motivational piece, and I do a lot of public speaking on entrepreneurship and business development, those sort of things. So people can book me directly for workshops and speaking engagements there. But we're also very excited that we're launching something called Mrpreneur TV, uh, which is myself and two other entrepreneurs. One is Shane Patrick Cruz. He's actually been one of my best friends for years, but he owns his own photography studio. And then another good friend of mine, Will Roy, uh, he owns a branding agency. And the three of us have teamed up for um, this show. It's going to be a web series on YouTube. But basically, we found that a lot of business information is really just dry and dull. And it's it doesn't have to be that way. Like The three of us are having the best time of our lives right now as entrepreneurs. So we want to get that information across to people in a way that has an entertainment value but that they can also see people that are steadily moving up that ladder. Um, so Mr. Preneur TV, we're going to be doing some, some great business talks, giving people tips on how to get their business started and what it really takes. That is just great. We will hook all of that up in the show notes. You know, Sam, we're not traveling on the same road, but you and I are barking up the same tree, and that's just <laughs> exciting to hear. Thank you very much for taking the time, and come back anytime. Absolutely, Bob. Thanks for having me. Sam, have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Many, many thanks to Sam Anderson for joining us. You can, you can check him out at his webpage. At the link is in the show notes, and please take a look at Mr. Preneur TV. Okay, everyone, take care of one another. See you next time.